Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, you may be seated as we welcome our other locations. And as you're seated, if you will take uh, your copy of God's Word and turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. One more week on one verse. One more week on one verse. And I, I trust that this series has been a blessing to you. We've been hearing lots of, lots of good reports. But can I tell you, here, here's, all, here's what it is. Uh, you're taking the truth of God's word and you're putting it into action by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you're seeing the results in your life. So just keep doing what you're doing. I'm super proud of you. We want to continue to resource you. Um, We know that some of this mind transformation, it took a while for that stronghold to get there and it may take a while for it to dismantle. And that's okay. We're with you in the process. We put some uh, resources on the note sheet. I I, uh, encourage you to keep that note sheet stashed one there somewhere because if you don't need them, somebody around you will. And uh, those are great ministries of CFA and our gospel partner ministries at the Dream Center that uh, we can help people not just find life, but find freedom. Uh, Not just find life, but find freedom. And then not just find life and find freedom, but find family. And so you'll notice the Find Your Tribe banners at all of our locations over the next uh, three weeks. We're getting ready to crank up back into fall season. And we want you to find your tribe. Tell your neighbor, find your tribe. That's so important to your pastor that you find your tribe. Because I can't know all your names. I'd like to, but I can't have coffee with all of you. It'd be nice, but we can't do that. And as we grow, as we grow, we need each other. Hear me. Your pastor has a tribe. I didn't say I lead a tribe. I say I have a tribe. I've got a group leader. And I, meet, and I meet with my tribe just about every Saturday morning that I'm in town. My wife has a tribe. We believe in this. Our family believes in this. So this is not just uh, a large church in one service. This is a large church in three services. This is not just a large church in, one, in, in, in three services in one location. We've got multiple services and multiple venues uh, in multiple locations. And we want more of that because there's more people that need Jesus. If there weren't, listen, if there weren't more people that need Jesus, uh, we wouldn't need to be a large church, but we're called to reach people, so we're going to keep growing, amen, and we're going to do whatever it takes to grow because we want as many, we want hell to be empty and heaven to be full, and... And that's just why we're doing what we're doing. And thanks for being a part of that and allowing God to use you. But we want you to find your tribe. Do something you love with people you love. We've got over 100 of them out there in the lobby. But if you don't see something you like, then start one. And get a couple of your buddies together. And we will, we'll baptize that and bless it in Jesus' name. And just uh, we'll keep reaching people. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I want to talk to you uh, with, this, with uh, some help from uh, some others today about, about the next generation and will we, we raise the next generation in conforming atmospheres or transforming atmospheres. So if thoughts are things and we do build our brain, which is what neuroscientists tell us, I think the question that we have to ask is, um, well, let me, let me just explain it this way. When you, were, when you were a child before 
you built something on your own. Somebody showed you how to build, right? I remember playing with Tinker Toys at Grammy and Grandpa's house that lived next door. And I remember we had the different colored wooden blocks and we'd dump the wooden blocks out on the floor. And I always saw the picture on the box and I wanted to build what was on the box because young minds are impressionable and we wanna build what we see. And that's why it's important that we monitor what our children view because what our children view they want to become and they want to see and they want to step in and but I couldn't build it on my own so we dump those out my dad would be out down on the floor with me and and I would you know point to the box and he would help me build he would help me build so the question I think for us as parents um, I feel like I've got a word for every parent and every grandparent, for every aunt and every uncle, for every person that has children on your street that are playing in your neighborhood, forever, every parent to be someday, and just for every Christian that cares about the next generation, here's the question that I really think we have to answer. If we build our brains, if thoughts are things and we build our brains, then we have to ask ourselves, who is building the minds of this next generation? Who's building the minds of this next generation? I'm so thankful that at CFA we have an amazing family life ministry that is led by our amazing family life pastoral team. And so at all of our locations, would you put your hands together? Come on, welcome the youth pastor of your location. So I was born at the end of the 1980s, and I really do want to thank my parents for that because it allowed me to grow up in what I consider the golden age of television. Things like Friends, don't act like you're not watching it on Netflix right now, like you're binge watching 90s TV right now, and I know it. Uh, but there was this thing that, that, that happened every Friday night called TGIF, and that was like the greatest set of shows in the history of television. Uh, things like Dinosaurs. You're, you like you like the real MVP if you knew dinosaurs. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Home Improvement, like all of these different shows. This was when Nick at Night was real and Nick at Night was good. I don't know what they're showing now, but it's not the same. But one of my favorite parts about 90s TV was this little station that I would watch in the middle of the summer called ABC Family. And on ABC Family, they would show a lot of these TGIF shows like Boy Meets World, Step by Step, and Family Matters. And I would just eat it up in the afternoons, like, just sit me in front of that for hours. And that's all I needed was ABC Family. And then a couple years ago, I, I heard some really devastating news to my childhood. And it really did mark the end of my childhood. I was like, wow, I guess I'm an adult now. And that was that ABC Family no longer exists. It's not even a real thing anymore. They changed the name to Freeform, and they're doing all sorts of crazy things on there now. So I studied it a little bit just to kind of see what happened, and about three or four years ago, ABC Family decided they wanted to get out of the family entertainment business, that, that, that family, wholesome family value shows was not the future, and that this generation uh, was a generation that they wanted to label becomers, and that the, the greatest question that this generation was asking is, who am I becoming? And so the executives at ABC Family sat down and said, we want to have a voice in that conversation, and we want to show them all the things that they can become. The truth is relative, and you can be anything you can think, even if it's completely outside of the box and outside of the norm. And so they, they came up with this name, Freeform, because they wanted this free form of ideas to influence this generation on who they could become. 
So instead of shows like Family Values and stuff like that, you're, you're witnessing all different sorts of things. I, I forgot to mention that 42 years ago, ABC Family was actually a part of the Christian Broadcasting Network family of shows. That's why the 700 Club is randomly on there at 10 o'clock in the mornings every single day, the more you know. Um, but now, what once was a Christian Broadcasting Network station is airing shows like The Secret Life of the American Teenager, which deals with 15-year-olds with exploring their sexual identity and, and becoming pregnant, and, and, and shows like Pretty Little Liars that one of the main characters in it is in, a, she's a high school student in a relationship with her teacher. Anything could be possible. And what this world knows is that, that these little screens and these little devices that each one of us carries in our pocket is speaking destiny and direction over this generation, and they wanted to be a voice. Common Sense Media found that the average teenager spends 8 hours and 56 minutes a day consuming some type of on-screen media. 8 hours and 56 minutes a day. That equals to approximately 63 hours a week. Now compare that to the average American that spends 1 hour a week at church. Not only that, 52% of this generation is unchurched. Whenever we begin to conform to the patterns of this world, the only things we get in return are fear. What if I don't fit in? Or what if I don't look like what the rest of the world is broadcasting? And worry and anxiety, what if my parents or my church family finds out who I really am and what I'm really becoming? Or, or doubt, if, if everybody else is buying into this world system as a belief, why shouldn't I? And finally, confusion. Now I don't know what to believe about myself, about you, or about God. You see, I know what the statistics say. And I know what conforming spirits say. But I'm thankful on this Sunday morning that I know the God that has the final say. The statistics don't have the final say. The living God of heaven has the final say. And he is speaking destiny and life and vision over each one of our students. And he's been doing it since Jesus walked the face of the world. Luke chapter 8, Jesus shows up on the scene, and this man named Jairus has a daughter that is sick, is in need of an encounter with Jesus. Jairus shows up to meet Jesus and ask him to heal his daughter. And while he's on his way, his servants come and say, don't bother the teacher, she's already dead. They conformed her to the image of death of the world. But Jesus steps in the middle of it and says, no, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Let me go see her. And when he gets there, he reaches out his hand and he says, my child, get up. And it says instantly her spirit returned to her and she stood up. Church, I'm here to tell you that that is what the God of heaven is declaring over this generation. He's saying, my child, get up. You're just sleeping. Get up. This is your destiny. Your destiny is transformation and life. That's what I'm thankful for this morning. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, get up. Get up. Come on, give it up for our family life team. So grateful for them. So grateful for our pastoral team, but not only that, our world changers that work in our youth ministry and our children's ministry and those of you that gave up a week of vacation to be a camp counselor, I'm telling you, there is a special place in heaven for you. Come on, give it up for our world changers. Amazing. But make no mistake, there's an agenda of conformity. It's not, oh, let's put on this program because it's going to get high ratings. No, there is an agenda in Freeform's mission statement that says we will form this generation's minds into relative truth. It is an agenda of conformity. 
It's an agenda of conformity in our universities. A friend of mine told me about a young lady that he became aware of at one of our major universities. It's not in this state, but you would recognize it instantly if I told you what it was. And on the first day of class, the young lady begins to walk into her college classroom. The professor was standing at the door greeting students as they walked in. And she, she walked and she had on a cross on her necklace and the professor stopped her and said excuse me young lady if that's a piece of jewelry you can come into this classroom but if that expresses your religious belief either take it off or turn around and leave there's an agenda of conformity there's an agenda of conformity when the leading storyteller to the next generation and the one that is leading the way and shaping the minds of the generation when you walk onto their hallmark theme park and you walk into their store and the first thing that you see is a huge display boldly declaring the, the agenda of sexuality that is contrary to the word of God and what we believe as Christians. There is an agenda of conformity. Listen, we will not be paranoid, but we will be aware. We will not shrink back in fear, but we will rise up in faith. We will not yield to this agenda of conformity, but we will say we will raise a generation generation that is transformed by the power of God. In the book of Judges chapter 2, the Bible says... In the book of Judges chapter 2, the Bible says that after that arose another generation that knew neither God nor his power. Here's what I see in this church. Here's what I see in this audience. A bunch of parents and a bunch of grandparents, a bunch of parents to be a church that will stand and say, not on our watch, not in Charlotte, not in Davidson, not in this county. We are a bunch of nonconformists. I see a bunch of holy rebels out there that will stand and say we will not conform to the patterns of this world or what you're going to tell us to try to think. But we will be agents of transformation. But how do you do that? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes this dad gets a little intimidated of saying, like, that's how the enemy works on me. Yeah, you led a youth group. Can you lead your own kids? Like, yeah, you can preach to a thousand. Can you lead a family devotion? Like, like it's, it's tough out there. And here's what I know is that we need each other to step into this culture and raise a generation that is passionate for Jesus Christ. Let me give you three atmospheres that I think will help. The first is the atmosphere of the table. The atmosphere of the table that we need to move a generation from screen time to FaceTime. You say, Pastor, uh, that doesn't sound real spiritual. Can I tell you that sometimes eating a cheeseburger is the most spiritual thing that you can do? And I know it's go. I know it, it's got to go beyond that. I get it. We got to get our kids in the Word. We got to have family devotions. We got to pray together. I'm all for that. But in a generation that is spending almost nine hours a day in front of a screen, do you understand the power of 30 or 45 minutes a day where the devices go in a box and where we? sit down today after this service around some fried chicken. Come on, can I get an amen? I get it. Schedules are busy. I get it. We got, we're running all over the place, but the power of the table, the power of the table. Listen to some of these statistics. We, we, we hear that the number one factor for parents raising kids who are drug-free, healthy, intelligent, kind human beings, frequent family dinners. 
the number one shaper of vocabulary in younger children, even more than any other family event, frequent family dinners. The number one predictor of future academic success for elementary age children, frequent family dinners. One of the best safeguards against childhood obesity, eating meals together. The best prescription to prevent eating disorders among adolescent girls, frequent family dinners. The variable most associated with lower incident of incidents of depressive and suicidal thoughts, frequent family dinners. I'm telling you, mama, that chicken is anointed. Grandma, when you have the whole family over to your house, like bribe them to come to church. That's why we eat together. We're going to kick back our Wednesday night dinners at the Concord location. Bring them. We'll, we'll feed everybody together, and then we'll get our kids in atmospheres, Royal Rangers and JBQ and Impact and 365 Youth and, and, and Kids World where they can be in an atmosphere of transformation. But it can just start, it can just start with dinner together. Not only dinner together, but the atmosphere of the church. Again, we need each other. The atmosphere of the church. That we're going to move the, this generation from the world's agenda for our children to God's agenda. I want to welcome one of our Southeastern students up to the mic at this time. Y'all give it up for Eric. So I want you to hear some of Eric's story. Um, Eric, you don't need to go into every detail, but I do think it's important for people to understand some of the context of the home that you were raised in and some of your past, which was um, challenging to say the least. Can you just share a little bit about that context in which you you grew up? Yes. So um, 2008, my parents got divorced, and they, uh, my mom and my sisters and I, we all moved out. she had a hard time keeping a job. She had a hard time just providing in general. So we ended up moving 21 times. Uh, we were evicted out of 16 homes, and I was homeless four times. Uh, in the last house that we lived in, she met this guy, and he said, hey, it's not working here. I'm going to North Carolina. You can come if, I, if you want. So my mom, she said, yes, we're, it's not working here, so we're leaving. So she brought us all over to North Carolina, and... Uh, Things, start, things started to work out. Um, but there's a, something that happened in his head. He just, just flipped a switch. Uh, he became very abusive. Uh, he, ended be, he was beating my mom. He was controlling my sisters and I. He was, he was cussing us out. Just so much stuff was happening. And um, on my 18th birthday, he, he attempted to kill me. And it caused us to... Uh, it caused me to get a restraining order. My mom get a restraining order. Um, we had him out of the house. Cops couldn't do anything because he said, she said. Um, but for, that, for six months before he got arrested, we, he was stalking us. And it was just living in a perpetual state of fear for so long. So during, during that time as well, uh, you started coming to CFA. At 13 years old, you started attending here. As a high school student, you got involved. Um, in kids' world, and you found yourself at summer camp one, one year. Tell me a little bit about uh, that experience and what happened there. So, um, 2016 summer camp, we were, uh, we were, first off, I was a very angry person. I was, I was a very angry person. Um, I found myself at summer camp helping out uh, Pastor Kevin. He 
by the way, is an amazing person. Uh, but Pastor Kevin, he came up to me because I, I was just being so harsh and just mean to him. Just I needed somebody to take it out on. Uh, but he came up to me and he said, Eric, you're fighting against the world. He's, he grabbed my shoulders and he's like pushing me back like this. And he said, you're fighting against the world. You're fighting yourself. You're putting the weight of the world on your shoulders. Um, you need to give it to God. So um, through a long conversation, uh, we brought, he brought me into a back room with Pastor Ryan and the rest of the kids' role volunteers, and they ended up praying over me. Um, I accepted Christ, and I spent three and a half hours in that room just experiencing God. And it's just, it, just feeling him just hold me and just feeling comforted in that moment. And as I walked out of that room, the very first thing that I heard was, Eric, oh, something's different with your face. Like, you're smiling. You look like you're set free. So God wasn't done with you at kids camp. You found yourself back at that same kids camp, this time as a counselor. And uh, tell me a little bit what happened just this, this, just this past summer. So we're at kids camp, and it's been like two and a half years since I've been working in kids world, since I started college. And we're, uh, I'm watching all these kids that I taught. Now they're in ninth grade and the seniors in high school, and they're counselors, and they're teaching the kids, and they're helping kids experience God the same way I did. And I've never felt so proud in my life to see stuff like that, to see Reagan, who is in sixth grade, use her spiritual gifts on stage for the first time, giving a word of encouragement to the whole entire congregation. It just spoke to me and said, Eric, for you to be able to be part of this ministry when you're going through all that stuff, imagine what you can do when you're set free. And it's just, it called me back to ministry. It called me back to children's ministry. So from a young man walking through hor a horrific abusive situation, a few years later, not only saved, not only have found life, but found freedom, found a family, and now finding purpose with a call into next generation ministry. Isn't God good, CFA? Come on, give God praise for that. But it's atmospheres of transformation. It's God using the ministries, the next-gen ministries. Eric, I'm so proud of you. Those tears, I, I, I'd never seen tears in you before. And that is, God is doing that as an external um, confirmation of what he's doing in your heart. He's breaking your heart for a generation. I see a mantle on you. I see an anointing on you. What God brought you out of, God's going to allow you to step back into to pull people out of freedom and to lead a whole generation. We're so proud of you, man. We love you.
That's part, church, that's part of where your kingdom builders' dollars are going, by the way. This, you won't meet a harder working young man, if you want to talk about the work ethic of a generation, then then look at this young man. He He is a worker, but we were able, because of kingdom builders, now to step in and offer him some scholarship dollars to Southeastern University so that he can train for ministry. And that's what this transforming atmosphere stuff is all about. The atmosphere of the table, the atmosphere of the church, and then the atmosphere of ministry and missions. That we believe that together we can move a generation from a spirit of entitlement to a spirit of gratitude. From a consumer mindset to a mindset of I'm going to be a world changer. Renata, come on up here. Y'all give it up for Renata. She just got back from her first missions trip. I want her to just share a little bit of of her story. So, Renata, you are uh, going into what grade and what school do you attend? Yes, I'm a senior in South Ryan High School. And you've been been coming to CFA now for about how long? Uh, We started coming in 2016, so about three years now. So uh, when you started attending CFA, you got involved in 365 in the youth ministry. Tell me a little bit about just what uh, the youth ministry has meant to you. Uh, Well, first off, 365 is like a home for me, and it's a place where I feel comfortable just being myself. But also I know that I can feel, I can get out of my comfort zone and just let God guide me and let the Holy Spirit work in me. So this past summer, you were in El Salvador. Uh, on a missions trip. So tell me a little bit about what God did in your life when you were in El Salvador. Yes, so uh, it was an amazing experience. And one of the things God did in my life, he opened my eyes to see what really missions means. Um, I normally had the idea that missions meant, you know, fly to another country where uh, far from your family and far from what you know. Uh, And while I was there, I had the opportunity to to meet with nationals, so people who live there, who are from there, and just they uh, opened my eyes that you you don't have to go too far. You can just be here in your neighborhood, be here in your community, and do the same thing with the same passion. So it sounds like what God taught you there, you're already bringing back home. So tell me a little bit about what God's been doing in your life since you've been back. Yes. um, Well, when I came back, I was uh, super inspired by all the nationals at just uh, how God was working um, in this mission trip. And then uh, he pushed me out of my comfort zone totally. Uh, I'm a shy person most of the times. And now... um, I try to, you know, be the first person to say hi. I'm trying to volunteer in our outreach uh, ministry right here at church. And just he is moving and he's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I was talking with uh, Renata before the services. She graduates this year. Um, she feels like maybe she want to go. She w- wants to go to college and do pre-med and be a medical missionary. Come on, give it up for Renata and just give glory to God for how uh, he's using you. We are so proud of you, and we see your future just wide open and the blessing and anointing of God upon you. And so I want to ask Pastor Justin to come on back up. I want to ask Pastor Kevin to come back up. And here's what I want to uh, close with today is I want, to, I want to show you a picture. I want to show you a picture of, of where we're at as a church and where we're at as a society. 
So Renata is gonna represent this next generation. Moms and dads, this is, this is your child. Grandparents, this is your grandchild. It's your great-grandchild. This is your niece or nephew. This is your future child someday. And I think, wouldn't we say that there is nothing more that we want as parents than, than to see this generation? Well, let me, let me explain. So, so she's going to um, represent this generation. That's, that's easy to do. Now, I'm going to have to ask you to really use your imagination, like really use your imagination. Pastor Kevin is going to represent Jesus. So I know just use that, use that holy imagination and step in there. And so, but moms and dads, is there anything you want more at the end of the day than to see your child get to Jesus? Grandparents, is there anything that you want more than to see your grandchildren serving Jesus, loving Jesus with all of their heart, with all of their mind, with all of their soul, with all of their strength? Church, is there anything more you want than to see this next generation rise up with a spirit of nonconformist within them, with a spirit of transformation that steps into missions trips and schools, that steps into the streets of this county with revival? in them with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Is there anything more that we want to see than this generation get to Jesus? Like this is, this is a Jesus generation. But we know, we know that's what God wants, but that's not what the enemy wants. And so there's a couple of problems. Number one, the Bible says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they are unable to see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're fighting an enemy that is putting a blindfold on a generation and saying, I'm going to cut you off from Jesus. I'm going to cut you off from the light. I'm going to try to do everything that I can. And so you can't really see who Jesus is through hurt, through pain, through religion, whatever it is, we've got an enemy that is trying to blind a generation from Jesus. And not only is the enemy trying to blind a generation, the enemy is trying to confuse a generation. So the enemy's spinning a generation around and saying, just choose whatever truth you want. Choose your gender. Choose your identity. Choose truth. Choose your way to heaven. And so we're fighting blindness and we're fighting confusion. And then we're fighting all of these other voices from society that we have somehow given permission to speak into the identity of a generation. And we've saying, we've said things like just because you can touch, uh, catch a touchdown pass in the NFL, somehow you have the moral authority to tell us what is right or wrong. Somehow we've said just because you're a Hollywood actor on a screen, we give you permission to speak into the lives of our, of a generation. And so we're fighting all of these voices, all of these voices, all the friends that are saying conform and all the messages on, on YouTube and social media that are just saying be popular and blend in and don't stand for Jesus and we're fighting against that and I'm telling you as a church you know this as a church and as a parent sometimes your voice sometimes your voice can feel lost in the crowd and I'm going to give you permission to do something by way of illustration. So I'm going to give you permission to do something, but don't do this. Don't, don't do this. I'm going to give you permission to lie in church. And that's the only time this is okay, all right? So when we're done in this illustration, you're not allowed, allowed to lie in church or out of church for that matter. Just no more lying. But for the purpose of this illustration, when, when, you get to, when I get to three, 
If we want to see a generation get to Jesus, I want you to begin to shout out directions to Renata, but I want you to shout the wrong directions. I want you to say whatever, you know, go, go forward, take two steps left, jump up, back up. And I want you, and so you're going to represent the, all of the voices, all of the messages, all of the social media, all of the influences, the nine hours a day. And I'm going to try to represent the voice of the parent that wants to see their kids serve Jesus. And I'm going to try and represent the voice of the church. So here we go. I need you to do it loud. Ready? One, two, three. Just shout it out. Just shout it out. Just tell Renata where to go. The voice of the generation is trying to say, Renata, Renata, sweetheart, turn around, baby. Turn around. Turn around, Renata. Turn around. Now stop. Now stop. Now stop, I want you to look right here because you know this is the truth because this is the picture. This is the picture of what it's like to try to parent in this generation. And I wish you could feel what I'm feeling, but you know what I'm feeling. Mama, when you're trying to tell your daughter, this is truth. Dad, when you're trying to tell your son or your grandson, go to Jesus and all the other voices of the world and it seems so confusing. Here's what we gotta do, church. We gotta get close. We gotta close we can't we can't preach from a distance we got to step into a generation and just say go ahead and turn around and I need you just to walk straight to walk straight to walk straight and I want you to I want you to join with me now because as the blindfold comes off and the voice of the church says walk straight walk straight walk straight that we're going to see a generation get to Jesus that we're going to see a generation break off the lies that we're going to see a generation rise up we're going to see a generation that's anointed come on somebody give a prayer Everybody's standing, everybody's standing. Would you take about 20 seconds and would you begin to call out the name of your son, of your daughter, of your grandchild, of your child-to-be, of a neighbor, somebody. Come on, church, I want you to turn into intercessors for about 20 seconds and just proclaim life in Jesus. Proclaim freedom from past abuse. Proclaim family that 365 and Kids World would be a place of family in the name of Jesus. Proclaim death. Destiny, proclaim future. They will not be consumers. They will be world changers in the name of Jesus. Come on, speak an anointing over this generation. Speak power over this generation. Speak purpose over a generation. Call out your son. Call out your daughter. Call out your grandchild. Rise up, generation. Rise up, generation. You're not dead. You're just asleep. You're just asleep. Jesus is about to breathe life into you in the name of Jesus rise up rise up rise up rise up come on give him a shout of praise for a generation that's gonna rise up let's get real practical here let's get real practical 63 hours a week in front of a screen, other hours in front of friends and other influences, maybe two hours a week at church. Can we just say again, 
that we will do as, as summer winds down, as kind of schedules get back into the routine. Can we just say again that whatever it takes, we're going to make uh, church a priority for our kids, for our grandkids, for our great-grandkids, bribe them with a meal, whatever it takes. Our, our youth are doing a um, fall, fall youth revival. They're bringing in a guy by the name of Johnny Wilson. He's a good friend of mine. God has used his voice for over two decades as one of the leading voices of revival to a generation. He's got a youth ministry in Orlando of over a thousand students. We've seen God just move powerfully. Can we get every teenager in this in this area to this and believe that God is gonna? Hey, but 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 why 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 wait till then? Why wait till then? Let's start. Let's start. Let's bring them, bring them to 365, bring them to Kids World, have lunch together, pray together as a family that we, again, will see a generation that will not conform to the patterns of this world, but that will be transformed through the renewing of their minds through Christ Jesus. If you believe that, can you give them one more hand clap of praise? Amen. 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 Before, before we start moving around, with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe during that illustration about making your way to Jesus, you realize that you've never found your way to Jesus. Maybe when you hear that testimony of Eric about having an encounter with the Lord and having a transformational experience, you realize that you don't have a relationship with the Lord. You've never had that encounter. I want you to know that the presence of the Lord is here. And he's calling to you, and he's calling to your heart, calling you to, to come home. If that's you in this place this morning, you say, Pastor Steve, I don't want to leave here the same way I came in. I want to leave transformed by the power, by the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you just to simply do something, just simply by an act of faith, just, just simply to raise your hand, just to acknowledge, say, that's me, Pastor Steve. I'm looking across this room. Yes, thank you. Looking across this room, looking across the balcony, say, that's me, Pastor Steve. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I see you. Yes, yes. All across this room. I want to ask everyone in this room just to simply repeat this simple prayer with me. It's a prayer similar to what I prayed 40 years ago whenever I gave my heart to the Lord as a six-year-old boy. I want you to know he's still saving six-year-olds. He's still saving 80-year-olds in the living center next door in our 10 o'clock service. And he's still saving people in this service today. Amen. Let's pray this prayer. Pray, Susie, pray, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead to give me life, to make me wide awake to your love, to make me fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's, let's, let's put our hands together and rejoice with those that pray that prayer this morning. Amen. That's why we're Hey there, and thank you so much again for joining us for CFA Church Live. If you made the decision to live wide awake and fully alive for the first time, we want to hear about it. Send us a message, and we'll get somebody to partner with you in this new walk of your life. Also, if you haven't had the opportunity to visit one of our beautiful campuses, next week is a great time to do so. You can go to cfachurch.com and plan out your visit that way. Until then, I pray you continue loving Jesus and changing the world. Thank you.